1: TheChairShot.com Always use your head.
2: Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you
0: dare.
1: Hey, yo! Ain't nobody really than Gorilla, ain't nobody really than Gorilla, I said, ain't nobody really than Gorilla, ain't nobody really than Gorilla. Gorilla tactics, whoa, know we bought action, whoa, know we not lacking, whoa, matchups not matching, whoa, we jump up on the road, put my feet up be your face, no, we ain't tapping out, what? As we were brought in by the fire tones of the Tongans, with whom we give all deference to. I'm still a little salty with y'all, but I know I don't want no smoke. Uh, you're listening to another episode of The Outsider's Edge. As always, it's your boy Rance, a.k.a. Ray Cash, with my brother from another mother. I got my boy Kyle with me. How you doing, sir? I mean, we can't be
3: too mad at the Tongans. They weren't in country at the time. Like, let's just assume they
1: didn't know. I mean, Thomas seems pretty cool with it, though. Tom is cool with anything. This is a good point. This is a good point. There's a reason um, his shirt says zero fucks given. <laughs> that, is, that is real. That's not a gimmick. So, you know, we don't really have a lot of guests often. And these, these gentlemen aren't guests. They're family. But, you know, it's good to have them on for once. We had to change the time zones a little bit to get them on. But it's all good. I want to bring to the forefront and to the people, my brothers, Ricky and Clive. <sighs> Gentlemen, what's good? Hey,
2: hey, it's been a hey, long hey. time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Rick, what's happening, sir?
2: I'm good, I'm good. It's been a long time.
1: It's been a very long time. So this is this is kind of a double shot. I did Ricky and Clive. Uh, which will air the day before this will, and they're doing our show. So uh, it's good to get on with them.
3: Yeah, thanks for joining us from Social Suplex, y'all.
1: Yes.
4: you been looking forward to this one?
1: (laughs) So y'all know this is the show that you can trust and listen to to give you unfiltered, unadulterated opinions on anything and everything. Ricky and Clive. Have gone through a change on their show. Still, one of the best shows you can listen to. Probably better than ours if modest. But they have gone to more format based because wrestling's got a little crazy recently. The coronavirus has changed the entire spectrum of the business, and they're finding ways to keep their show fun without having to talk about all this drama and nonsense and speaking out in COVID and Predator, this, that, and the other. Yep. However, I wanted to give my brothers an opportunity to come on our show and just spit that fire. This is the Uncensored episode. I'm going to leave the door. I'm leave the hold up,
3: guys. hold up, hold up. Wait a minute. We have censored episodes?
1: I mean, this is, we don't have censored episodes, but Ricky and Clive, you know, they, look, they got sponsors. We don't. That's well, actually, true. actually are sponsored Lemonade like, at the Cheshire Media, but nonetheless, I'm you know saying?
3: Yeah, that's true, that's true. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want the ball-trimmer people to be upset.
4: They I mean, winkle
1: up on us, bro.
4: We also use the word cunt as a term of endearment as well, so that could make it uncensored if you want.
1: <laughs> there's, I'm sure there's quite a few words you could use that we would never use that you could get away with.
4: Apologies, by the way. I mean,
2: you, can, you, can, you can literally say that word to the person to your left and insult them and then turn around and say the exact same thing to the person you're right, and it's a compliment.
1: Don't you love words like that? Like, I love multifaceted words.
2: But so the thing is, that word... Yeah, is, I don't know if that is, Yeah, that word isn't meant to be used like that, but we use it over here like that.
4: <laughs> I personally um, find arsehole more offensive. There's just something nasty about that, but the C-bomb, the C- ah, it's fine.
1: Well, you know, but people play with assholes. They do.
4: Yes, <laughs> oh, we, we,
1: we do. There's a couple people on the show that enjoy that, so I'm just saying.
3: <laughs> Don't hate on anything until you've tried it a time or two. Sure.
4: Um.
1: So, I mean, I I know I've reached out to you three, and I had some rants on, that I wanted to get out of off my chest. What we could do is just kind of go around the horn. Before we like really get into it, if anybody got some shit, they got to get off their chest to get off. And I can start if you want me to. Please do. Okay. Uh, Rick, Clive, we cool?
4: Yep. Hey, uh, go ahead. Yep. yep.
1: Okay. So I have a couple, and I'm going to make them pretty quick because uh, we don't need to spend too much time on nonsense. I have a couple issues with the Naomi situation. Um, on both sides i I don't want to be one of those men, especially one of those black men, that invalidate a woman, especially woman of colors, experience or feelings. I don't want to be that guy. Shout out to my good friend madeline Lenore on Twitter who kind of pointed that out to me that I was doing that unwittingly and I appreciate her for that good friend of mine um but I do want to point out that there is a lot of controversy that's happened over the past couple weeks with the Booker T uh, his comments on Naomi now Booker shouldn't have said shit shouldn't have said a damn thing should have kept his mouth closed because it does not look good when you are bigging up every other person who consists of fans thinks are lesser talented than Naomi but you criticize her when you can criticize Alexa could be criticized just as much as Naomi could be. Lacey could be criticized just as much as Naomi could be. Dana could be criticized just as much as Naomi could be, but you give all them credit. They're just women. I'm not talking about guys, right? But one thing we have to get out of, especially as black people, is not being able to criticize our own. There's a difference between being attacked and being criticized. They're not the same thing. Naomi is not the greatest talker. She don't need to be, but it's okay to mention that. Naomi is not the greatest entering ring storyteller. It's okay to mention that. She might not have to be. I think it is absolutely 100% unequivocally true that Naomi has been overlooked unnecessarily for too damn long. That is it, full stop, in sentence, in paragraph, next page. I think it's also important to be able to mention her flaws in the same breath. Booker didn't do that well. Booker only talked about her flaws and didn't mention her positives. Booker didn't try to build her up and help her. He may want to help her in in the behind the scenes, but he did not do that in his open conversation. But so often we have moments like this and situations like this where we are something is said that becomes divisive and you got this group fighting this group when everybody should be behind Naomi. Who doesn't like her? Who doesn't think she's talented? Who doesn't think she's deserving? But there are now going to be people who are going to argue semantics because they're going to say Booker was right. And you're attacking Booker for nothing, which completely invalidates the whole point that everybody was talking about. And that is hashtag Naomi deserves better. The floor is yours, gentlemen.
3: Clyde, mm. you next.
4: Me, right. I think it's a bit of a concern now that, first of all, Booker T seems to have something to say when people of colour are are in the, the wrestling headlines for controversial reasons. It seems to always be the first or one of the most foremost, and it seems to go against the grind. I'm not sure if I've formed a full opinion on that, but that a pattern is emerging and developing with him, sort of speaking against what predominantly black wrestlers feel they've have went against him. So Mark that, Henry too, by the hmm? way. Mark, Mark Henry Mark Henry too,
1: yeah.
4: Yeah. As for the Naomi thing, you are right. I think the in terms of a fully formed character, there are better on the show. I mean, look at the work that Bailey, Asuka, Sasha Banks are all doing at the moment. Some excellent work going on with them. Naomi, I know you've got the accolades, and some people don't give much weight to the accolades, but I think you have to, considering where she came from, where she was a cheerleader. She was one of the Funkadactyls. Um, She has won Battle Royals. She's had, Ransh, you're a fan of these. She's had Moments in Royal Rumbles. Uh, This one recently, where she came out looking absolutely splendid. Well, viral. Yep, viral people that had never seen wrestling before had thought, who is this? So she has value to the company. So if if they were going to do this, Naomi deserves better. Tell me who's the next person in three, four months' time? Who's the next person who's going to have a, a clean loss and for some unknown reason, the internet wrestling community is just going to lose their shit and say such and such deserves better now and they're already fed up with Naomi.
1: Good
2: point. Um, oh, this might be a little controversial.
1: <laughs> hey, this is the show, is baby. the right place for that. Yeah. This I is a safe space in these four. I can't speak outside these walls.
2: I don't like her spots or whatever you want to say when it comes to the Royal Rumble.
4: Right.
2: I think they now come across to me personally as quite stupid and not insulting but I'm just like, you know, it was awesome when I see it the first couple of times but now it just happens all the time. I'm like I don't need to always see it. Um, When you talk about who could be next, um, that's a valid point but I think people have spoke about Naomi deserving better for a number of years. Mm -hmm. I think I, I understand what Ryan's saying like, and Clive says it as well in the sense that when you look at what Sasha and Bailey, particularly those two have done this year and then what Becky done sort of like for an 18 month stretch that yeah you talk about the character but like Naomi from, from years now has always had a connection with the crowd the crowd have always liked her so for me and this is when it comes to me where I only really care about in-ring um, product and in what you do in the ring as opposed to the character and the mic work etc but for me she's got two of the most important things that you want in a wrestler she can wrestle and the crowd absolutely love her but like, i don't give a shit what anyone says like when she initially brought out that belt and it was like the glow belt mm-hmm. like I can understand where purists are saying, "Oh, that's a bit insulting." I get it, but it was also cool as fuck. And at the end of the day, the WWE is a machine that wants to produce and churn money and bring more eyes to it, and, and that kind of stuff attracts to a certain demogra- demograph demographic of the part part of the audience. So the younger ones, like so, whether it be young teenage or, or you know, seven, eight, six year olds or whatever. I, I, for me, I've never, I've don't, I don't understand how anyone can hate on the Naomi deserves better because. Yes, it's it's a, a new thing, but people have been saying it for years now. That she's not been I don't want to say treated well or anything, I would say maybe not appreciated as
1: much as she should be. Underutilized for sure. And I wanna make one quick point before I let Kyle spit. But both of you guys have mentioned one statement that's very telling. Um Oscar, Sasha, Bailey, they're fully formed characters, right? Something that I didn't think of until I read, I want to say it's uh, on, on Twitter at Seahawk, uh C-E-E-Hawk. I think about it, though. You look at it historically, like guys like Randy Orton, Triple H, John Cena, Kurt Angle, like all these top-level guys, they're fully formed and they're able to stay on top all the time because they've been given opportunities to become fully formed, right? You can literally, you can literally recite the arc of Randy Orton from... When he was doing the overdrive, and was the babyface Pretty Boy, who turned joined into Evolution, and then he got kicked out of Evolution, and then was the Pretty Boy who wanted to become the Legend Killer, and then became the Legend Killer, and then started hearing voices. And like, you could do that. Can you do that with Naomi? For some reason, it seems like the people of color, oftentimes, you can't. They are not given the opportunities, not just to be on TV, but to be characters. And I think. That's the big part of the reason why Naomi is in this predicament where we say she deserves.
4: Yeah.
3: I mean, you can do it with Naomi if you try, but what it lacks to further drive your point home is there's no clear transitions. Because like you could do it with Naomi. She started as a Funkadactyl, and then after she was a Funkadactyl, she transitioned into really just being that athletic girl on the roster. Um, and then she did the whole Team Bad thing for a little while, and then Team Bad uh, broke up, and that's when she came up with the Feel the Glow, and Glow Naomi has been a thing ever since. So, like, you could see progressions for her, but where, where your point is more made, Rance, is there's no story background to explain those progressions you know we we know why randy orton transitioned from x to y to z along the way and we understand that arc whereas naomi because she's only used when they feel like using her um doesn't get those transitions they she just gets put out in whatever her packaging is at that time um she's also an example of someone who I fully believe got more over than they expected her to get.
1: That's
4: true.
3: And as a result, they have been put in positions where they're like, well, fuck, I guess we got to give her something because like people are really feeling this entrance. People that are rest, really
1: feeling... The WrestleMania 33 title win against Alexa and when she hurt her knee and had to give it up and get it back was solely because she got too over.
4: I, I imagine that uh, she did well... For the house show merch tables around that time with the the -the glow-in-the-dark belt well
3: she's also one of the few she's also one of the few women whose merch is just not trash like
1: she took her nine years to get that merch
3: but what she's got is consistently nice and appealing and like not trash in the way that so much of the merch is trash but like I think what really pisses me off with Naomi, and like the reason why I am definitely, you know, fully behind give Naomi a chance, is like, why do I have to watch the same five women get pushed over and over and over and over and over Mm -hmm. and over and over over again? But she can't get pushed for more than a couple weeks. And when she does get pushed, she got to be. Stepping stone
4: talent for somebody else. I, I mean, I'm a supporter of her getting the chance that she has had in the past. It's just fans can be fickle, and I think because fans are fickle and they resonate regularly with the four horsemen and a uh, four horsewoman and Aska, that might be why they keep getting chosen to run the show.
1: The chicken I- egg.
3: Exactly. I don't disagree that fans can be fickle, but I think part of the reason fans appear so fickle is because they so overpush when they get something that they think is a hit and that they think people like. And they cling so strongly to anything that looks hot that when you think they might be giving someone new a chance, you're just like, yes, yes, this is new. I needed something new. I'm tired of these same three bitches all the fucking time. Yes to this new thing.
1: Case in point, Alexa Bliss.
3: Yes, we were so desperate for a woman that was not Charlotte and Nikki that the first woman who could cut a good promo, we were just like, yes, yes, pushed that. And in the meantime, what we had not really paid attention to at that point is we were all just like, oh, the wrestling will come along eventually. The wrestling will come along eventually. Now, here we are all these many years later, and she's still getting pushes because she can cut a promo, and we're over here just like, yeah, but the match is dope.
1: So, Rick, I want to ask you this, Rick. Um, One thing we talk about on this show a lot is what I think, and Kyle, I, I feel comfortable saying what Kyle thinks is the biggest problem with the women's division in general is their lack of being able to book anything other than the top championship feuds. When you have people like Naomi or people who are like Bianca Belair, and I know I'm speaking particularly on people of color, It's, it's all of the women, but it just seems to be even more, you know, proficient when it comes to the women of color. But Shayna Baszler is another person who just disappeared off the face of the earth after a WrestleMania title match, right? Um, but do you think that, well, why do you think they have such an issue with, you know, booking for anybody else in the women's division other than the top title feuds? And do you think that that along with their seemingly inability to book people of color have a correlation or they're just happenstance?
2: Because I don't think they care outside of the title feuds. I don't think they care what the, what the women's mid card or upper card could look like. I think they only care about, well, Bailey's got a title, so now we'll put someone in a programme with her. We don't really care about you. You all kind of wait your tongue until you get into the title picture, and we'll somehow push you into that. But I think, for me, I think personally when it comes to like stuff like wanting to push people, I think what the problem is with fans in general is if someone's not in the title picture, that's not deemed a push.
1: Yeah. Like, or champion.
2: Yes. Like, Seth, he obviously held the title, right? But, yeah, he had that one withdrew. But we probably won't see Seth in the title picture for a while. But Seth's still going to consistently facing, um, face Rey Mysterio, looking like we've obviously got this fucking dominant thing. But we could potentially get <laughs> onto <laughs> Alistair, <laughs>
4: <laughs> we get on to
2: <laughs> another one of Kyle's favourite. We could get Seth and Alistair Black. Like those are still oh, like Rey Mysterio and Alistair Black. Well, those are like still prominent feuds. So yeah, you're not in a title picture, but. Wait. Wait.
1: Who? I don't know who that is. No. Look, she, if, look redacted, if he, I can redacted. kick him off. I can kick Cal off the show and it could just be Ricky and Clive and friends again.
4: So no, we'll have no, a triple, no. threat, triple Threat at SummerSlam. It'll be Drew McIntyre. Dominic versus
3: <laughs> Elsa Black.
4: Versus Elsa Black. With <laughs> Seth wait, so, all,
3: so, again, so again, you're saying it's a one-on-one between Drew and Dominic because I don't know who that other guy is. <laughs>
1: oh my god. <sighs>
3: I hate you so much. Sometimes <laughs> I don't know who
4: that is. The dream has no memory of that. The Dream has no totally memory of other things as well, yeah, but no. we
2: never had any memories of it. Ooh.
1: Man, well, so why why don't they care? So like, I just, I, sorry Ken, I, Ken, off.
2: I just think they don't care as much about women wrestling as they might try to lead
3: you on that they do. No that's, exactly, no that's where I was going with it that's exactly where I was going with it they don't care because like sexisms like I fully believe Paul wants women's wrestling if for no other reason than because like him and Steph and he got them like four kids and they all girls and so like You know, I fully believe he wants the women's wrestling. But that don't mean Daddy Vince want that shit. And that don't mean Big Daddy Kevin Dunn don't still see them as nothing but tits and ass. And that don't mean that all of these other people who are responsible for the booking aren't still old, gross, sexist boomers.
4: I mean, even you've got both the women's titles revolving around the same four or five people, as are the tag titles. They can't even stretch creative out to a tag division scene.
3: The golden role models that hold all the gold. And don't get me wrong, I'm enjoying... Oh, it's good fun. and Sasha as the golden role models. It's fun. Bailey Doe Straps and Two Belts Banks, like, yeah, that's fun. Don't get me wrong. But, like, it is still indicative of the fact that they only want a book you know, a handful of people. And I mean, is some of that Rona related? A little. Sure. But like, only yeah. a little. Because, like, not to not to be that guy, but, like, Dr. Britt Baker versus Big Swole is, like, a huge storyline on Dynamite right now, and it ain't got shit to do with the women's title.
1: Mm. And Britt can't even wrestle right now.
3: Nope, she can't. She's out with all kinds of injuries, and yet that is still a consistent focus of the show. In addition to they're doing a women's tag team tournament right now, in addition to Hikaru Shida having the title and Nyla Rose getting Vicky Guerrero as a manager and that being a thing that they're pushing, like, I'm not trying to be that person, but like... AEW's got like six women's storylines going on right now. And they're a once-weekly, two-hour show. You mean to tell me across three brands and seven combined hours of television, we can't get
1: more than two or three women's storylines? Two brands. Because NXT does women's wrestling right. Like, we have one of the major cards that's advertised for this week's NXT, one of the major matches, is Mercedes Martinez and Shotzi Blackheart. So, like, they do, they do multi-tiered women's wrestling feuds. So don't put NXT in this. This is strictly a Ron SmackDown no, no,
3: pro. No, the reason I was putting NXT in it is I'm saying you got three brands and yeah, three. total hours of television. And yet yeah. only one of those shows, the one that is not connected to the other two within yeah. the shared universe, is Speaking the only to- one that's got shit going on.
1: Speaking of that, did you see Kaylee Ray tweet out that she's happy that she's in uh, Britain because Bailey and Sasha can't take her title? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scotland, not Britain. You know what I mean. Britain, I mean, but Scotland.
3: Scotland is in Britain, for now. I mean,
1: well, if you ask these two. <laughs> for now.
4: <laughs> There's uh, um, a piece of land that connects those two of them, yes.
1: <laughs> um, Brian, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, Clive, sorry, kayfabe. Uh You had uh, something you wanted to speak about, please.
4: Right. So, during this, um, all together now, during these unprecedented Un- times, times.
1: Okay, yeah, sorry, my bad. You got to have the cue, like the old audience applause sign.
4: So, during these unprecedented times, I'm trying my best not to be openly critical of what goes on in tv because you've got tapings you have i suppose you could fix it with tapings but you get people absent whether it's from covid or shielding it's just a bit of a mess at the moment and also you've got people caught up in the speaking out movement so a lot of creative has had to change but there has been something that started to really grind my gears and see if you can notice a theme here when i give you these examples this until very, very recently, and even then I'm still a bit whiffy about it, the Robert Stone brand experiment that's been going on. To me, OK, again, COVID might play a part in this, but Chelsea Green was thought she was so successful with her tag team win with Charlotte that she decided to chop, uh, to fire Robert Stone. She has not been seen since. So that makes her look a bit silly, if you ask me. The, the Robert Stone brand has not really been about getting anyone else over. I will admit Aaliyah has looked interesting for the first time in about six years. So fair play to her there. But it's all been about Robert Stone, his um, being sick in the ring segment, getting mowed over by a tank. It seems as if it's a vehicle for Robert Stone. On on Monday Night Raw, you've got the, the Hurt Foundation, I believe that's what they're called. The Hurt Business. Hurt Business, where... I would have expected, after Bobby Lashley had a decent match with Drew McIntyre for the world title, that it should have been him that deals with the US title, even with a manager, but you've got MVP, who I know he's hook, hooker by crook, he's declared himself the US, United States title champ guy, but he was in a United States championship match, not his client, you had, moving over onto AEW, Taz who is standing in front of the behemoth that is Brian Cage. You know, take a page out of Eric Bischoff's book back in the day, NWO days. Eric Bischoff was hiding behind Hulk Hogan, only his microphone outstretched. Taz takes up the whole screen and Cage just looks like a donkey in the background. And he made, he talked so much shit for weeks, saying that Cage was going to destroy Moxley. You cannot stop the machine, Brian Cage. And he threw in the fucking towel. He... Not Brian Cage. Taz made Brian Cage look like an absolute bitch.
3: I don't know, man. Brian Cage is doing a pretty correction. good job of making himself look like a bitch during that match <laughs> before Taz threw <laughs> the towel in. Like, correction. everything about that match was pretty fucking weak. It was the weakest match on its card, and it was the main event.
2: Mm-hmm. And also, correction, it wasn't Taz. It's AEW. Who made him look like a fucking bitch. The same way they made Brody Lee look like a fucking bitch. That Zy- way
1: they made Lance like he- Archer look why, like a fucking yes. bitch. Zy- Some of them made he- Jake Hager look like a fucking bitch. Why Every guy who's over in, 6'5".
2: Why would you bring in, especially those last three, brody Lee, Lance Archer, and Cage, who came in, especially the last two, on... I know we're kind of moving away from what you want to talk about, Clive but they came in on monster, monstrous-hype cage. It it had been building for so long, and it was what he should have debuted a while ago, but he got hurt. Only to have them lose their first significant feud. Why would you put them in... And I don't care if it's Because they don't... is fucking
3: great. Because they don't. don't know how to... They don't know how to set people up properly, because... They're relying on the stars they've already got. And they didn't have a whole lot to begin with. So they're trying to like keep those people relevant, but like by doing that, all they do is rob the legitimacy of all these new people that they're bringing in. But that is still indicative of a problem that we knew they were gonna have from the beginning. You oh, can't oh. let the boys have the book.
1: Oh, hold on,
3: hold on. We A doesn't have to
1: be next. I want Because Clive has a very salient point I want him to make. AEW could be the next... Because that's a real conversation to have. But I I want Clive to finish his point because I know where he's going and it's a very important discussion that we can have. Bad use of manager.
4: Yeah, even adding Vicky Guerrero to the mix now with Nyla Rose, I am limited in my exposure to AEW, but I thought Nyla Rose was enough of a presence on her own without needing someone like Vicky Guerrero who is going to chew, chew up the scenery in a big, bad way. So I just feel as if, with Robert Stone, MVP, Taz and Vicky, I was under the impression that the point of a, a manager was to get over their client, but it's the managers at the moment who seem to be getting all the, not the headlines, but the the focus of attention is yeah. on them, and that's doing a disservice to the people that they're supposed to be getting over.
3: Um. To further your point with Nyla Rose, her her catchphrase was legitimately, "I break bitches." That that was uh, that was her big shit was "I break bitches."
1: She so wasn't lying. Uh, she was not lying.
3: But so does Nia Jax, but not on purpose.
1: <laughs> it, I want lot. y'all to know that you know that SpongeBob meme where he's holding on to the side of the rock like breathing hard. That's what I'm doing right now when he just said that.
3: Is it a lie though? Is it a lie though?
1: I mean, Clive, please continue. (laughs) That
4: that, that was my point. I just think... um, No,
1: you're absolutely
3: right. Bad use of managers. Like The whole point of being a manager is that you are supposed to be getting your client over. However, I won't say that it's unprecedented because if you look back at Hulkamania. The feud was against uh, was against Bobby the Brain. Uh, Bobby the Brain. It wasn't against fucking or not Bobby. DeBrain. It was against Brian Heenan. It wasn't against fucking all of the different people that Heenan employed. It was Heenan versus Hogan.
1: Well, he was difference.
3: determined to destroy Hulkamania <laughs> and was going to get whatever client he had to get to make that shit
1: happen. Difference is, back then, they had two guys, three guys, I give no disrespect to Piper, so three guys, okay, four guys, Hogan, Andre, Piper, Savage, that people cared about, right? That could sell a card. So you DBI. can't put them all, okay, but DiBiase wasn't always in the main event. You're right, you're right. Right? Neither was Piper, Right. You can even say Warrior, but Warrior came on a little later on and as as things were Warrior went
3: on. was lightning in a bottle anyway. They could, only, like, they could only capitalize on that
1: for so long. Absolutely. So I think that point, as compared to Clyde's point, is that it had to be Heenan because it was a flavor of the month. This month you had this guy that Hogan fed to. The business was different because the business was people thought it was real. You want to see the good guy succeed. Twenty twenty the business is different than it was in nineteen eighty for multiple reasons. But especially now in twenty twenty, because the purpose of a match isn't to win. The purpose of a match is to do the coolest moves you can do and hit all the spots you can hit and then get and then go see what the ratings are after the match is over. When the purpose used to be, I want to win this match because the winner of the match brings home the say it with me, everybody, winner's purse. Right? So it's different. So in, with that regards, Rick, tell me if I'm wrong. Maybe the maybe the focus of a manager is different. And I wouldn't even call MVP a manager because he wrestles every week. But maybe the focus of a manager is different. I don't like it, but maybe it's changed. What do you think, Rick? I, you watch more AEW than anybody here. I mean,
2: like, when you go back and you watch Heenan DiBiase, Jimmy Hart, Cornette, Bischoff to an extent as well. A lot of them were, like, front and centre of the screen. Yeah,
3: I was thinking... Especially during the
2: matches. Like, they were always involved in some some shape or some form. Like, you know... So I understand where Clive's coming from, but they're still nuances from 10 15 20 30 years ago that still be done back then that they do now maybe it's maybe 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 it's like more in your face or more noticeable now but a lot of the things that current managers do <clears throat> it was happening like a decade or two decades ago
4: I think it just think the seems to at the same time I think that maybe it's noticeable because every show there's weird management use. I figured,
3: no, I think I figured out what the difference is. The managers and valets of the previous era weren't also in-ring performers at the time that they were managing. Okay. Their in-ring performing days, you know, Jim Cornette was not still, he would still take bumps as the payoff to the feud, but his days of actually working the ring were long past him. By Amen. exactly Heenan Hart, all of them. By the time they were actively, primarily manager slash valet, they had long since stopped being primarily an in ring performer. Whereas Rogers, uh, you know, the former Robbie E and um, MVP, and a lot of these other managers that you're bringing up, you know, they're still at least semi-active in the ring Mm -hmm. as performers. And as a result, like they become much more the focal point of the feud. You know, I was thinking of another big manager when Umaga was around, we all knew the Armando Alejandro Estrada thing, but like he was not an in-ring performer. So even though he
1: was front and center to the gimmick. To your point though, I'm going to make Clyde's point with that one analogy, which it, I'm going to help Clive actually on this point. Remember the whole thing, the whole gimmick was my name is Armando and es- right. And then he like, he was so charismatic that they took him away from Umaga because he was getting more over than Umaga was. Right. And Clive's point, I think, and I've, we talked about this before we got on this, on this, uh, on this podcast, isn't that they don't need to be front and center. Because they do. Because they're the talkers. They're the ones telling the story. It's that they're taking the focus away from their client. Robert Stone is taking all the focus from Aaliyah. Do you even care that Aaliyah wrestles? No. The point should be Robert Stone should get you interested in watching her wrestle. Do you care that Vicky is managing Nyla? I care about Nyla less now because Vicky's managing her. Because Nyla was interesting as kind of this, this, this Native American Ronin, so to speak, right? But in go, See, go
4: My, the, the two biggest take and keeping with your point, the two biggest takeaways I have from Taz's representation of Brian Cage are uh, that he threw in the towel and made him look like a bitch, and that he took a dig at WWE's handling of the COVID. That's it. That's the only. Well, they're the most memorable things from his representation so far.
3: And and to further that point, so people were shitting on Cage for the way JR even was shitting on Cage for the way that he reacted to being given the FTW title. At, only for Cage to give an interview later, we was like, I did what Taz told me to do. Taz told me to act like I didn't give a shit. So I acted like I didn't give a shit.
4: <laughs> I forgot, to see, I forgot all about that title. That's just that's bizarre.
1: And, and like, you know the beautiful thing about the FCW title when it was an ECW they didn't they didn't acknowledge it Taz just said this is for the title but they're acknowledging the damn title the title belt is on his shoulder in promo videos yep. they
3: refer to him as the FTW champion as if that, that means anything no as if it means anything
1: that's why it was over in 96 97 because Taz only did it cuz the real champion wouldn't fight him and I said I got my own belt and it's so,
4: like, Bill, it's a, it's a, it's associated with Taz. It's Taz, 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 not Cage, Cage, Cage.
1: Y'all, y'all wanted to go ahead and do this AEW thing, goes look, doors open. Have at it. I mean,
3: there's not a whole lot to say other than they're all of a sudden obsessed with demos now.
1: Like they are obsessed <sighs> with the fucking demos. Well, okay, I have I have I have a I have a AW conversation on that to have, and I want to go to Rick first. Cody, Cody, don't call me Rhodes. The the TNT title, right? I appreciate the fact that in this time of COVID, when you don't have your full roster, there Cody is kind of using the TNT title as a way to give a bit of a platform to unsigned talent who they may want to sign later. Ricky Starks is a great example. Eddie Kingston had a great showing. Right? Sonny Kiss, that was probably the, the, the highlight of that entire show. Right? Mm-hmm. Now you got Warhorse War coming who has worked his ass off to become a viable, person, viable name in the uh, indie sphere, if you will do you think that these are all positives and amazing things? I think that he's doing for his company and for the independent wrestling community, but do you think that these things are being helped or hurt by Cody's need? I'm sorry. Let me not put words in the mouth by the, by what it seems to be Cody's need to be front and center. And if, Because to me, what I mean is it feels like these are great moments for these people, but instead of them being about the people, it's being made more about Cody by his need to kind of ingratiate them to the community and leave them the ring and give them kind of the Benoit pop after the match. Like, how do you feel about that whole TNT title situation? First (laughs) of all, Oh, shit. He hit you with that. <laughs> first of
2: all. We're going to act that Cody is bringing relevance to a mid-card title by doing an open challenge. The amount of takes, I've seen on Twitter saying that, like, we're just going to completely disregard John Cena's US title open challenge. Like, that wasn't this shit. Like, that wasn't the first time Like it's been, like, what it was A significant spotlight was being shown on the mid-card title scene. I tweeted a while ago, and I mean a while ago. I understand what Cody has done and how much he's achieved. But Cody going out and helping create a company and a viable rival one day, potentially to WWE, and I say to WWE, not just NXT, I, I appreciate everything he's done, but Cody believes he's Alabama, but the reality is you're just upstate. Cody, believe oh, ah, that's Robert. what I tweeted out. That's what I tweeted out. Co- and to 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 bring it to our context, it's like Cody walking around thinking he's Celtic, but the reality is he's Albion Rovers.
0: <laughs>
2: In the sense that yes, you've you've done so many great such such great things, right? But the reality is like your in-ring work isn't even that great. I'm not a fan, and as you all know, I couldn't give a shit if you cut a promo. I couldn't care less if you're connecting with the crowd. If you don't produce in the ring, I couldn't care less about you, <laughs> unless you're Bray Wyatt.
4: Oh God! Don't start.
2: So I just—I've never been on a Cody hype, never been on a bandwagon. Like you know, even some of the stuff people are saying, oh, like what was it—the match he had with um Dustin. I was like, it's a good match, but there was a lot of smoke and mirrors, like all the blood and guts.
1: Wait, wait, wait! Smoke and mirrors. Was that a pun intended?
2: (laughs) Actually, wasn't. But, no, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I love seeing, quote-unquote, like, people we've not heard of or, like, um, indie wrestlers coming in. Like, I think that's great. And I think what they're doing in that sense is, like, look, come on in. We'll have a match. And basically, you know, please remember when it's time to come sign for us or WWE, like, we're the one that gave you the opportunity. So, you know, they're keeping their their foot in the door, so to say. Um no, I, I'm just not a I'm not a fan of them or of it. I I see that for me it's always coming down to the in-ring wrestling part and I've just I just don't see it. I don't see it at all. Clever.
4: I have to admit I'm torn friends. Um I actually spoke about this in my loads of sorry, wrestlingheadlines.com brand extension columns that I've been doing.
1: I'll never get used to that new name. And I know that was the original name, but yeah, it's forever it, LOP to me.
4: I know. Yeah, Lords of Pain. Um, this whole Cody open challenge thing where he goes over, he gets the fireworks, he gets the blood, he gets the thumbtacks, he gets this, that, the next thing. On the surface, that looks like it's just... AEW is my toy and I will do whatever the hell I want with it. But there, you know, Rance, I'm a, I'm a fan of story, fiction, kayfabe stuff in wrestling and I might be working myself into a shoot. Much love, hail, um, Hulk Hogan, all that stuff. <laughs> but I think there is a heel turn coming. There have been hints at that where he's not taking his opponent seriously, where he's acting like a bit of a dickhead. And I wonder if it is actually a super meta Cody is listening to the fans, and he is listening to the criticism, and he's going to turn that to his advantage and become the American Nightmare again in in um, spirit as well as in name. And he'll be super duper heel. So from that side of things, I actually am enjoying what I'm seeing.
1: Well, there you know, the, there is the very I, I, they're heavy room. All
3: of those fucking seeds. They're planting all those fucking seeds for that four horsemen shit. And yeah. like Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes should be fucking ashamed of himself oh, if he allows himself to be part of any kind of four-horseman anything. Oh. That is just blasphemy. But that's not really the rant I want to go on right now. The rant I want to go on right now is, like, I need AEW to read the room, okay? I need them to read the room, and I need them to stop bullshitting us all, and I need everybody to just accept that the real star of the show, the real star of the company is cowboy shit hangman Adam Page. And they need to just be pushing the fuck out of hangman Adam Page. Why has he not turned on Kenny yet? I need it.
4: Because Kenny will turn on him.
1: That's what it looks like. It looks like it's going to be Kenny turning on him. You know
3: what? You know what? I'm fine with that. You know what? I'm fine with that. Because plot twist, plot twist, hangman and the revival are the faces in this anyway so fuck it i'm here for it you know what's ironic
2: just a couple of years ago like hangman was the one that was always like no one really cared it was always about bucks it was always about kenny but see in the last 12 months for me hangman's at the forefront of that now
4: mm-hmm. he's the
2: it's, fucking it's, star yes it's him he is the man within that faction
3: within the group and, and, and like the, even with and i think the thing is like legitimately they realize it because like he has been the center of everything to do with them as a group for like over a month now as far like for months they've been doing this is he still our friend is he not our friend oh wait now the revival are here and he's really got more in common with them and like they're a lot more like him than we are. We were just like his convenient friends. And I'm just like, yeah, because he the star.
4: There, there you are know- many reasons why Adam Page is a star in my eyes as well. But the the main one, and it's a, a silly one, but I'll be damned if his music doesn't sound perfect if it was closing a pay-per-view. Like, yeah. as, as the lights fade and he's holding a title aloft and you've got that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah,
3: that I'm fucking rip
4: just... Uh... just a paper, yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah.
3: great. Oh, so great, yep. That you, last you, know,
1: you, mentioned, you mentioned the word, Clive, that I think just really encompasses the booking style of AEW and it's meta. Everything is just ultra super meta. Perfect example. Everybody in the world knows, if you pay attention to wrestling, that the Revival, aka FTR, and the Young Bucks don't ha- don't like each other. In fact, the reason FTR is called FTR was because the Young Bucks started that by mm-hmm. saying fuck the Revival. Revival used it and stole its strength from it much like black people do with the N-word and made it their name. Right? Mm-hmm. Why are they I'm convinced Adam Cole suggested that. <laughs> Probably.
3: I'm convinced because only a black man can suggest something that genius. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> uh... yes, yes, Mr.
1: Jenkins. <laughs>
4: Oh, but th- but, oh, but that's
1: that's but that's super meta, right? They cool. They tagging together. No, y'all should have beef. The only reason FTR should be an AW is to take down the Young Bucks and become the champions. Y'all ain't even talked about a title match yet. Meta, Cody, and his ever-loving quest to outdo every single Southern champion in history, right? He's trying to outdo Dusty, trying to outdo Flair, trying to outdo Eddie Graham. Everybody, but it, but it could all be for the purpose of Cody becoming the dastardly leader of the new four horsemen meta. Everything is so meta. John Moxley thinking he's Hulk Hogan in 89 fighting the next big man of the week. Meta. John Moxley, John Moxley is proof that the
3: WWE was right to never make Roddy Piper world champion. You never make your second fiddle the top attraction.
4: Oh, that is, that's a lot to digest there.
1: I, I am did not sure all that of it hurt, it more. hurt. It hurt I, my heart. Probably right. John Moxley is proof that even though we don't like the things Vince does, he does them for a reason. Because John Moxley is doing every single thing he wants. And Look, I am the biggest shield mark you can find. Do you give a fuck about Joe
4: Moxley right now? No, not
1: even a little. Like, how sad
3: was it that they were the main event of Fight for the Fallen, and I was, like, not all that excited about it.
1: The only reason you watched Fight for the Fallen, besides the fact that we have a wrestling podcast, was for Sonny. Yeah, I,
3: I was super stoked for that match. And the thing is, all of the other matches were fun, but I was just like, this is not going to be fun. Nothing about it's going to be fun, because all Moxley wants to do is pseudo deathmatch shit. Well, That's here's all he the,
1: wants to do. Here's the real problem, and Rick pointed out this earlier. And again, if we, if we could book the territory, then of course everything would be right in our eyes. So I, I, I acknowledge that as I speak on this. But, but Rick spoke to him when he talked about why are you putting Brody, Archer, and Cage in the situations where their first major feud is the title and they have to lose and start back over? right? Brody Lee came in from being hyped and being sort of Vince McMahon to being in a feud with Coke Cabana. Like, it just doesn't make sense. The real question is why aren't you putting the people who should be against each other against each other? I appreciate that they don't want to oversaturate their product with three months' worth of the same feud, match after match after match. I appreciate that, because that's exactly different than WWE. I prefer WWE style, but I appreciate trying to be different. But why is MGF, MJF just sitting around instead of fighting for the damn world title? He should have done that the second he beat Cody. But no, we're not doing that. We're going to give Moxley Jake Hager. Then we're going to give Moxley Brody Lee out of nowhere. Then we're going to give Moxley... um. The Maxim didn't fight Archer. Cody fought Archer, and we're gonna have Cody beat Archer. Then we're gonna like it doesn't make any sense to me. And maybe I'm the ignorant one, but you know who the top guys in your in your fed are, who you can build stories with. Build the stories with them. Every story doesn't have to be. I we have the story. We have the build. We have the match. Move on. I have no respect for Cody as a character because he let that man MGF talk to him like he was trash, beat his ass, and didn't do shit. Well,
3: and What makes it even worse is, like, they try to do it right after they fucked it up. Like, what they're doing right now with Brody Lee and Colt Cabana is legitimately interesting. Like, it's interesting in the sense of, like, Colt, like, you are looking real fucking dumb right now. You, like, you don't see that you're... Like, you're fucking with some crazy (laughs) bullshit.
1: Like The rest would be the one who would be naive.
3: Yeah, but, like, Colt's character has always been that he's funny, not that he's stupid. I think that a better play here would be for Colt to just be like, hey, do I like the way that they get down? No, but, like, I'm winning matches now, so, like, I like the extra... pet. You know what I'm saying? I feel like they could play it a different way, but that's not the point. The point is... That, like, the Dark Order trying to, like, court Colt Cabana and, like, Brody strategically taking Colt away every time the Dark Order's getting up to some of their more, like, fucked up heel shit to, like, try to shield him from all of that. Like, that's an interesting and fun story. And it's a story that I am looking forward to seeing the conclusion of. Why did we have to start Brody with a feud that we knew he was going to lose when we could have just started him with something easy like this? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Gentlemen, anything else you want to add? Because I agree with that completely.
3: Matt Hardy still works for them. Like, what the fuck is he doing there?
1: Matt Hardy is okay. trying to be the Doc Hendricks. Look that up for those of you who been watch- ain't watched wrestling in the 90s. Trying to be the Doc Hendricks... For the hardy boys as she's trying to be that for party party <laughs> what do you have to what in god's green earth or allies green earth much respect to my boy rick do, do they have in common why are you trying to help the black folk let us be let us be bro yeah. you go over there and be damascus by your damn self look you chose to leave you wanted to go you wanted to go delete 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 over there with the Our elite boys and you're mad because the Rona hit, and you can't delete, 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 and the people do the hell hit the sign to you in the damn arena. That's your fault. Why are you messing with Private Party? Help me understand. What does no. that do for either one of you?
4: I've got nothing. There's one thing. No. This is not related, and I'm going to coin a, 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 a cash terminology here jake hager is just absolute dog shit oh yeah he's trash from top to bottom he is shite
3: and he's a trash person like as a real human so like he's just all
1: around awful it's funny to me how people say the inner circle is the best thing the best uh stable in the business
4: Mm. but
1: hager's trash um proud and powerful never wrestle and never win so, like, the only reason y'all good is because Jericho get wins? What, and like...
3: Sammy?
4: If they have Proud and Powerful as a tag team, then why did they have to have Jericho and Sammy be a tag team for a, a while as well?
1: Who gets more title shots than Proud and Powerful do? When well, was a last time today, but actually... If, in a if, if the inner
3: circle... I mean, if the inner circle is supposed to be a vehicle for Jericho, then, like... Why does it feel like Sammy's the main character to me? But, I mean, it should feel that way because it should be a vehicle to get Sammy over. I'm not saying that they're doing that wrong. It no, should yeah. be a vehicle to get Sammy
1: over. But, but like... It's a shame that Santana Ortiz, and Rick said that, and that's a great point. When is the last time they had a tag match? Just as just Santander and Ortiz versus such and such. When's the last time they had a match, period?
4: The Stumpets, Yeah. Hey.
3: Yeah, they do the five
1: on fives because they got the five on five tonight.
3: Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, other than like these like five on five mass stable matches, they don't wrestle. Period. They don't even get to do trios because anytime it's a trios, it's uh Sammy and Jake and Jericho. It
4: seems, I, I, I... It seems like a very mismatched stable. I mean, things
3: and, and it's really sad. Like they were the funnest part of the Orange Cassidy Juice Bath.
4: The See, when you think of evolution, they all look as if they belong together in terms yeah. of a stable. Yeah. Uh, the shield as well. But then a circle, there's just...
3: You can tell, you can tell, and uh, multiple people have gone on record for this. Like, you can tell that they originally intended for that to be Gallows and Anderson. And when Gallows and Anderson re-signed with WWE, they last seconded mm. to uh, I, Proud and Powerful.
1: I, I know I'm biased. And I admit my implicit bias in this statement. However, I think my bias still holds what My statement still holds water. It hurts me still to this day that Santana and Ortiz didn't choose NXT because NXT needed a new top tag team. And you see the struggles that they've had. Fandango and Breeze, right? Are right now the top face tag team. NXT, NXT
3: needed a new tag team. And the main roster, honestly, you know, when Andrade is building up a team of people that, like, would make sense to be with Andrade and aren't a thrown-together team of muscle, like, that's actual proper use of them in the role that you've got them playing in AEW right now. Yeah. And Zelina is a manager that, like, actually gets her clients over and doesn't take over the storylines for herself.
1: Because Lena doesn't wrestle or take bumps,
3: Max. She just hits you with that Hurricane Rana every now and then,
1: poorly. So, so we've 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 went, we've went off on AEW for a while. I want to, I, I do want to be fair and 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 talk some negative about uh, WWE. Oh, there's plenty oh. to say, so let's do it. Oh my God, we could go three podcasts in a row, but one in particular I want to talk about, and it's something we never talk about on this show, but I think it's relevant because I want to talk about the bigger point and the bigger picture. Rick looks too damn comfortable right now. <laughs> Look like you about to take a nap. Uh,
2: a laid back just to listen to Kyle's rant.
1: That's fair cuz that it was it was good. Um I I hate the ratings talk. I I abhor ratings talk. But there is something to trends, right? There's something to empirical data trends. That can tell you things that maybe an emotional investment can't tell you. I enjoy WWE for what it is because I've accepted that it's not that everything isn't for me. So I find the things I enjoy. I ignore the things I don't. It's, that's how I reconcile it in my mind. Mm-hmm. I, that's fine with me. Most people can't do that, which is completely their prerogative. But like Raw, Raw is still. Every week, top five, this and that and that. But every week you hear numbers just drop and drop and drop. SmackDown numbers just drop and drop and drop. I want to know. I underst- I know, and I had this conversation with somebody the other day. This time, in fact, it was typed from LOP, Wrestling Headlines. <laughs> um, if, you look at, if you look at WWE ratings from this month, in 2020, and this month in, 20, in 2019, they're a full million over than what they are now. COVID definitely played a part in it. and But you think about the people who have been out for a significant time. Becky's been out for a significant time and will continue to be. Charles has been out for a significant time and probably will continue to be. Roman, same situation, right? Brock, same situation. That's their 4 top guys, right? Bray Wyatt's had extended time off. Kevin Owens has had somewhat a significant time off. Like there has been a lot of heavy hitters that are not there. Sammy Zane's been off TV completely. Mm-hmm. And he was one of their biggest antagonists. But I just, I, I, while I got all four of us here together, I just want to really get down to the nitty gritty. And, and I want to talk really against about creative versus uh, expectations. Because everybody wants to attack creative, and everybody wants to say creative has the problem, and creative is trash right now, which creative isn't great, probably. But you hear Moxley get on the internet or, and talk about how there's a 74-year-old madman writing scripts and all this. and all this shit, right? Everybody wants to trash creative, and you hear all these people, like the new guys that sound with Impact, Eric Young, if you don't have five minutes for me and a three-hour show, then something wrong with you. Where
3: the light? Light?
2: what'd you say? Is there something wrong with you if you don't have five minutes for him? I
3: don't all think I so. I mean... to say is, all I'ma say is I was watching anniversary, and there the big reveal being Eric Young, I was just like, This is a reveal? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's
3: so twenty twenty dog, don't fire Eric was a long time
1: ago, <laughs> right? Do-, Do DoFi Eric World World Elite Eric all this stuff, but my question is, and I know I'm kind of going around the circle to try to make my point, make my question. But how much of WWE's failures rely on creative, as much, and how much of it relies on the performers, in your opinions?
4: <sighs>
3: so, like, what? can I be honest? Uh, and I hate to say this because I like a lot of the performers I do. I was watching raw the other day and it was probably an hour and 45 minutes into the three hour show. And I was like, this is just fucking boring. <laughs> like, like, I, I, I like it, Something about, and some of it is on how many performers are out. Some of it is definitely on how many performers are out. And just like the fatigue of having to see the same handful of people yeah. over and over. And I'm just like, I don't care for Dolph and Drew as it is. And we got to have them in a match again. Because this time Drew's got to pick the... Yeah, Andrade and the Raiders. We got to do that again. We, It's just so repetitive. And so it, it it makes all of the matches feel so meaningless because it's just like nothing moves forward narratively. I'm watching these people compete over and over and over again, but nothing is moving forward. Like, you know, the one thing I appreciated this week with the Seth storyline is fuck you, Dominic. At yes. least, you know, the like Kendo stick shit, that was at least like narrative progression. All right, cool. Yeah. Yeah, you took that di- that dude took your dad's eye out allegedly in the dumbest stipulation ever. But like, whatever. Cool. Obviously, you want to fuck him up. That makes total sense. Um but yeah, no. Some of it is the people that have been out because of COVID. Some of it is the people that they had straight up fire and forget like a bad fucking habit. Like, remember how they thought they were going to push Austin Theory?
1: Yeah, where has, where, where has Austin Theory gone?
3: Yeah, <laughs> remember how they thought they was going to push Austin Theory and how, yeah. ooh, never mind. Um, remember how we thought that the cruiserweight title thing was going to be interim? Ooh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> <Which> <laughs> like, like yeah, so you know some of it is the talent that they had to straight up forget.
1: <laughs> but but I I do, and I want Ricky and Clive I want you guys to jump in. That's true. But when I when I when I when I mean when I speak of do we blame the perform who does what's the percentage of the blame, creative or performers? All I hear from almost every person that leaves WWE. Is well creative stifled me, or they don't have time for me, or they didn't have anything for me, or nobody listened to me, or I didn't like the scripts and this and that. But then every successful person says, Well, I did what I want. Well, you have to find a way to make it work. Well, you know what? The only thing in WWE that's promised to you that you that is that that, that you can really earn is opportunities and time. And when you're out there, they can't do anything to you. Cena says that, Roman says that, Rollins says, like every Brock has said that. Every person that's successful says that. Jackson so Lucas has found a way
3: to get pushed. I don't want anybody he doesn't to tell talk. me it's not possible.
1: And it doesn't talk. But I saw Sam Shaw. I know what I'm getting into. Chrissy Hemi's still scared to this day. <laughs> but But I just – so I really want to know your guys' opinion. These failures that are happening – do do the performers hold any weight? Are they doing? Are they not doing everything they can? Are they status quo? How many of these legends do you hear go to backstage and they say that everybody walks in next yells they're scared? Is that the fault of Vince or is that the performers' fault? It's probably much, both, but what's the percentage?
3: And, and how much of these matches? To add to your question that I want to get their input on, how much of some of these matches falling flat is a result of them being in empty arenas for the most part, and like and not
1: knowing how to wrestle, to wrestle and have just wrestling spots.
3: Yes, because the lack of a crowd to, like, make you forget about the lack of psychology is really making the lack of psychology that, as much as I like to shit on Orton, like, he got a point about this lack of psychology, and it is starting to get real annoying. Yeah.
4: I think... I've got I haven't got an answer with it's whether it's performers or creators, creative. But with COVID that affected me even like when USA started putting on NXT those first few months were just a thousand miles an hour every week, thoroughly enjoyable. And then it tapered off and then we got the empty arena stuff. It's changed a bit now, it's a bit more lively. But I don't know if this is from this programme, but there's um a GIF of a black guy from the American office who looks as if he's half asleep. Is it the office?
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the office, yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Well, that gift—that was me watching my beloved NXT when it was in the performance center with no fans. I was just, this is, this is my NXT and I'm not caring okay. at all. It was just next match, next match, next match. And I was not not going to watch it but my enjoyment was wavering and i've not watched the proper raw and smackdown for a long time the last smackdown footage i saw was um
3: the bray wyatt promo no <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> Every, because everything legitimately everything legitimately feels like you're watching a dress rehearsal not the actual performance mm-hmm. because like everything about Even as a fan of wrestling, we don't really consciously realize how much you depend on the fans being around. Because, like, without the reactions to the promos, the promos don't deliver the same way. Without the reactions in the match to the high spots, the high spots don't deliver quite the same way.
4: And to pick up on Kyle's point about them just doing the same thing over and over again, they say... There's a criticism levied at WWE that they don't do long term booking. They do, they just do it too much and it's it drives itself into the ground. I mean, look at this hacker gimmick.
1: Uh, uh, what hacker gimmick?
4: Exactly. That was disappointing to say the very least. They did the same with Emelina. Uh, I'm pretty sure oh, Lana had the same kind of treatment as Emelina with these. Even
3: Even Marie, and I know part of that was intentional, but same thing.
4: Uh, Just several weeks. It just goes on and on and on, and it's the same things. Okay, that story is progressing, but it's just a tit-for-tat with the the storylines, and maybe people are just getting bored of seeing those same faces, but not having an end product like the hacker.
3: I think the hacker's a great... No, I think the hacker's a great example of the criticism that you bring up, because they have on multiple occasions spent all this time building something up only to like trash it before they even actually debut it. Mm. And then we've spent like all this time. Investing. Investing investing these vignettes or these segments like, like Eva, Eva Marie, you know, we knew she couldn't wrestle and like that was part of what the gimmick was. But like, it was going to be fun to finally have that match where, like, she either got the shit kicked out of her or she pulled some bullshit
1: to win. And, and, and to, the hacker, to the hacker story, more importantly, the hacker was the reason why Otis found out that uh, Sonya messed up him and Mandy, which put them together, which has been a major storyline in the SmackDown. So, like, the hacker played a big part, right? So for them to not to just kind of scrap that, and I mean everybody in the mama knew no, it, was it was meant to be Ali, that, yeah. yeah. Um, and now he's not even on the same damn show. It's <laughs> like so yeah, everybody knows. Lost match back. I don't have a problem with that because it's oh, who, he is. who he lost against it's, it's who he lost against.
2: My 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 problem with that is the same problem I would have with AEW, <laughs> in the sense that you don't need to do that. You do not need to put Cage in with Mox.
4: You yeah, don't, don't need to do put
2: Ali points. in with um, Bobby Lashley. You could have put him in with Shelton if you wanted to. Or you didn't now necessarily that do the MP, yeah. MVP angle with him.
4: That, that hack- makes sense. That hacker thing could have done wonders for Ali. You
2: think
3: so? I don't know. I was intrigued. I wanted to would see would how it played would. out. I don't, I don't know that necessarily would or wouldn't, but I, it just. It really bothers me, and I think Brian makes a really great point. Like, it just really bothers me when they spend weeks making a big deal out of something and
1: then just scrap it.
4: That was far too long, that one. I
1: I don't think the hacker gimmick would have worked, would have done wonders for Ali, because one thing I know about Vince is Vince doesn't like when you're saddled with something. It's the reason why he strips stuff away from people all the time, right? His favorite people, his biggest characters are fully formed characters, but they're standalones, right? So you you think about it, like John Cena became John Cena after he likes John Cena John Cena after he stripped away everything from him. Like he don't rap no more. He's just generic John Cena who does John Cena stuff, right? That's when John Cena became John Cena, right? Like a lot of the time Roman Reigns, everything about the shield except for the music in the vest was stripped away from Roman. Because Roman could talk. Why shield promos? Right? That was taken away from him. He went through... Even Roman, even... People talk about Roman never changed. Roman changed the gear, and it didn't work, and he stripped away from him. So with Ali having to have this hacker gimmick, I think would have hurt him more in Vince's eyes than anything and relegated him to continuing to be a mid Carter. Now, I think... Now that Vince, you know, WWE is a toy box. Literally, it's is playing with the toys. And you know how when you had toys when you were little, this toy has your interest for so long until you get another one, right? Now that Mustafa is back in Vince's purview, Ali as he, Ali's gotten bigger, which helps.
4: He has. He's well over 205 now.
1: Yes, that helps tremendously. And Ali is becoming be relevant. But all over
2: 205 is a shit show.
4: Well, hey. some
1: of the motherfuckers was not over 205. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Pure hour is nowhere close to 205. I'm sorry. Brad Tozawa is nowhere close to 205. Oh, Brad.
4: You, um, think, you think Brad's heavy?
1: <laughs> I think Brad is light.
4: Oh, I, I. aye. <laughs> yeah. Grand Metalik has been levitating on those scales.
1: By the way... I love how so much criticism has been levied towards WWE and they respond on SmackDown by giving us Big E the Singles, mm-hmm. met, Grand Leak, like everything we complain about. Here you go, Jeff Hardy finally beat shameless and moved on. Here you go. Remember Happy Mania? This was Happy SmackDown.
3: Oh, SmackDown. My beloved show has fallen so far.
1: I you know, I but I, I, it's it's a, it's an interesting dichotomy to me because, you know, they say there's no, there's no new stars in WWE. Well, what the fuck you think Drew McIntyre is? That's a new star. Like him or hate him, that's uh-huh. a new star, right? Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you for that, right? Like, there's all... Oh, the, the Street Profits are technically a new star, right? Mm-hmm. There are tons of new stars all over the damn company but you don't give them credit because they're not—they didn't win when either either when you wanted them, or they're not what you're paying attention to this second. But there are new stars all over Ron SmackDown. I mean, am, am I am am I wrong in that
4: no, assessment? No, you're not wrong. It's just not the stars that people want. That's it. Well, that's a that uh, No, but
3: like, legitimately, right now when I. When I say WWE, and you look at who's actively on the roster, right now, who are the stars that the people want? Well, hold on. Like, I'm so I, and I'm not it? even asking that as a troll question. I'm asking sure. that legitimately. Who are the, the stars that the people want?
1: That, that, the answer to that question is, all of them. It's just, when we wanted them, we didn't get them. People wanted Drew McIntyre to be pushed two years ago, but he didn't get it. And then the slow burn happens and now he's pushed and he, it, it was very well received, but Rona hit, nobody care no more, right? All these people, Braun Strowman, they want him to be world champion when he fought uh, Brock the first time he lost, man, but now, they, now Braun world champ. Nobody cares they anymore. They dropped, the ball, yeah, dropped that. the ball there, man. You, I you mean,
3: you're say- right. You're right. But like, you also know that like they had lightning in a bottle there. Yeah. And like, that was just the most Foolish, short-term decision.
2: Also, to counterpoint, the only reason Braun is the champion right now is because Roman doesn't want to be
1: there. I mean, what that? How often does it happen in history? We never. We don't care. How many ti- How many title reigns does Edge have because somebody got hurt?
3: I mean, here's my thing. <laughs> here's my thing. I. I I supported Braun a lot more before his whole like I made it as a wrestler. If you can, if you couldn't make it, that's your problem. Like, bra, nah, son.
1: Like, yeah. nah. I looked at him. I like his presentation a lot more now with the Stroman Express and the A Train uh, smoke coming out. Like, I love the presentation, but I care less about him as a performer now because like that really took away from it. But, 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 but my point. And, Clive, am I wrong? All the people that are being pushed heavily now, Andrade, right? We want Andrade to be pushed a long time ago. He's been, Andrade has been feuded with the Street Prophets since WrestleMania. Remember the WrestleMania tag team title match for Raw? It was supposed to be Andrade and Angel Garza, but Garza got, but but uh, Andrade got hurt, so it was Garza and Austin Theory, which started Zelina's and Uh Those guys have been feuding with the Street Prophets since Mania.
3: And then Austin Theory became um, a messiah, and then Austin
1: Theory got dropped like a bad news. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's so many people who were in, in these positions, but, you know, Go we want him- he got
3: an, He got a WrestleMania match before he got dropped like bad news.
1: He got that check. That's true. But, but I mean, so that's the problem. The problem with fans is... That, If they're not pushed, we want to be pushed, we don't care as much as we used to. Yep.
4: See, to go back on your point with um, all these wrestlers that are coming out saying Vince is a a horrible man. uh,
1: They're not coming horrible, but they've come crazy.
4: Yeah, it's it's such a terrible place to work. Ladies and gents, that is not a new narrative that has been going about for years. And I'm sure your colleagues who were in WWE probably told you that at the time. Don't sign for them in the first place. If you've already heard oh. whispers about the place being a fit hole to work in, don't sign.
3: The also ones that get me, the go ones back that and get look are the ones that worked there before and left for whatever reason, whether they got fired or they quit or whatever. Go back. And are then surprised by the the way they were treated the second time. And it's like, bro, you've seen this play before. You've been here before. You know how they get down.
4: Mm -hmm.
1: Go ahead, Rick.
2: Also, go back and look at the people who have been released or the contracts run out. Just saying it lasts 18 months. Outside of mocks, none of them were that big of a star. Like you know, you get Eric Young saying shit. So you had Heath Slater, even the Good Brothers. Um, and if you want to go further back, you like obviously EC three. Like absolutely none of yous were that big of a star. So obviously you're going to start saying shit because you felt like you weren't treated right but maybe maybe you weren't treated right or maybe you weren't treated like a star because you're not one and, and you don't just- have the potential to be one I think they dropped the ball on EC3 I thought Vince would have loved
3: EC3 they fucked up by first of all they fucked up by committing I, I mm. respect them for letting him keep the name but committing to that name outside of its original origins was never going to work mm. uh, but to, to kind of counterpoint a little bit, fuck, I lost my train of thought with the EC3 thing because he was not who I was
1: thinking of. Well, we'll think about it. Let me make this point real quick. Yeah. The, your point about Moxley is important because there's only three stars that I can think in recent memory that have left the WWE willingly, and that's Moxley, that's Pac, and, that, and that's... Um, What's my what's my boy name? Uh, what's my girl? Uh, Kyrie saying just recently. Kyrie went left because she wanted to go home. That's that makes sense. Moxie left because he wasn't happy. Cool. Pac left because he thought he deserved better. And honestly, we can say Pac didn't leave because Pac got released, right? Just like Brody Lee got released. But that's think about that. There's a reason most people don't choose to leave WWE. Because if well, you're there and you're, and you're a star and you're making money, then you're not there's not a better place to go.
3: Well, and I I finally caught... My point came back to me. It was about Gallows and Anderson. Here's my thing with that whole situation. I understand why they're mad. I understand why they're mad. Because if I was straight the fuck up lied to, I would also be mad. So, like, I get that. I do. However, when I go back to the thought of, like, them re-signing that deal, my thing is... Homie, no matter what kind of promises they might have been making, you done been with the company by, like, three, four years now at this point. Those
1: for ten years.
3: You, you know, how, but I'm saying in this incarnation, y'all done yeah. been together as a tag team with this company for four years now. You know how they are going to utilize you. No matter what kind of promises or lies they might be saying to get you to sign on a dotted line, you know how you've been used for these last four years. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how that is. So, like, the only person you were lying to when you re-signed that deal saying everything was going to be different was yourself.
1: Yes. And I want to... Oh, go ahead, Claib. I'm sorry.
4: There's one that made me laugh. It was was um, a few weeks ago. Maria Kanellis went on a, a Twitter rant about her time at WWE. Listen... Okay, they may not have been booked well, but the is they treated WWE like an all-purpose community center when they were there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely.
4: So, uh, sorry, on you go. I just want, I just made uh, me trouble that one.
1: Your, your point is what I was going to make. There are some that have legitimate grievances. The Good Brothers are so one of those, right? But then, and this is something that's very important to me. Context matters to me. It doesn't matter to a fanatical fan, and that's fine. But context matters to me. So when you, when I hear such-and-such such didn't get pushed well, why? Is it because? Is there a reason the revival when the revival got called up from NXT? They debuted and took out the new day on their debut they had a major feud with the Hardy Boys and we're on the way to becoming tag team champions, and they got hurt. Right, Dash got hurt first. As Dash is coming back, Dawson gets hurt. You have to understand in this business, with as many people that WWE has under their employ, if you get hurt, it is next man up. Do you have an opportunity to get some Finn Balor? Finn Balor, yeah. Finn Balor won the
3: Universal title in his first match. And never got another shot until
1: three years later.
3: Seth Rollins dislocated his fucking shoulder, and that was it.
1: (laughs) Now, when you get to a certain level in WWE, are you somewhat protected? Absolutely. You deserve that because you've reached a certain point. You've proven a certain amount of, 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 of worth to the company. Yes. Absolutely. But you were... Vince will always give you the opportunity to The revival are like, four-time tag champs. So, that like, they weren't misused. Were they not used to, to what fans want them to be? Absolutely, I'll give you that. But then they weren't sitting at home like Luke Harper was. He was literally sitting at his house, right? Not because he didn't want to be used, because Vince wouldn't give him the call, right? You, so there are... Go ahead, I'm sorry.
4: To be fair to the revival and... They might just be saying this now, but on Jericho's podcast, they did acknowledge that they were tag champs that they were regularly used on TV, and they were. They were on TV many times. Every week. And they were both fighting fit, but their gripe was just the general booking of the tag team. Sure. Which that that's another debate for another day. Tag team wrestling on the main roster. Sure, there is there are issues there, but but just I just wanted to remind you that FTR. Yeah they had different reasons for not wanting to play ball.
1: Absolutely. I have no beef, I have no beef with them. In fact, on this show, I've, I've said multiple times, I've the where they left. They left completely amicably. Yep. They, there was no issues. They left because they stood on their principles. Even Vince said, I respect the way you're leaving. But there's so many people. And they EC3,
3: finished out their deal.
1: They, they finished out their EC deal. They
3: finished out all their dates and just
1: left quiet. Mm-hmm. EC3 said on the podcast just one of the – I think this week that – he did the NXT thing and everybody in the world knew that he was more suited for uh, the main roster. But he did the NXT thing because that's just the way you come in. Gives you some buzz, right? He got called up in a situation where he sh- knew he should have been called up on because that was at the time they called up those NXT guys to fresh up the product and they showed the vignettes for weeks and weeks and weeks. and Nobody ever did nothing, right? He said he was hurt. So what can you do with him when he was hurt? Now, Ultimately, should they have found something for them to do? Yes, but if you were hurt, if you're hurt in your, let me give you a perfect, a better example. If I apply for a new job right now, and it's a great job, and when they call me for the interview, I'm out of town, you think they're going to wait for me to come in town to interview? No, they're going to interview somebody else and give somebody else the job because I missed the opportunity. That doesn't mean that they're wrong. So there were so many situations in which people really have legitimate grievances. I have spoken ad nauseum about Luke Harper on this show and about how he was screwed by that company. Isn't there so many people, so many times, but they don't... I don't feel bad for EC3. I don't... I'm sorry. I don't. You were hurt. You missed your opportunity. It happens, right? It, it is what bad. it is.
3: I don't feel bad for EC3 because legitimately... He's better in impact. He is. He's a big deal there. Like, I don't feel bad for anybody that's going to be the top star in their promotion. And he is instantly one of the top stars in that promotion because they ain't got no style. And
1: and can I say one more thing real fast? And I'm going to leave the last word to Rick and Clive and then we'll get out of here. But am I the only one who who doesn't think it makes them look better? But it like... It makes Impact look weak that Eric Young walked out of not being used in WWE into their title match. It doesn't make them look big or look make Eric Young look great or make WWE like idiots. That makes Impact look bad to me. Well,
3: and to, but to be fair, to be fair, they didn't tout anything about his time with WWE. As soon as the music hit and it was revealed that that was who it was, they talked about former world champion Eric okay. Young and. Okay. Like they talked about how he's won he's a grand slam champion in Impact. So like he's won every belt that there is to win there.
1: Um He won the damn legends belt that don't exist no more. <laughs> exactly. So um, like titles. Women he's still he's still the reigning women's tag champ.
3: Yeah. So, but yeah, so like when he came out, like that was what they kept saying, you know, Josh Matthews and uh, Don Callis, they just kept talking about how he is the, you know, former world champion and blah, blah, blah.
2: Nah, I don't have too much to add on. Like I think bottom line, I think Kyle says it quite well. Like, you know what kind of situation you're getting into. You took the money, and however you're treated, that's how you're treated, like, yeah, if you want to stand up for yourself, but at the end of the day, you know, you know who you're getting into bed with.
4: Yeah.
2: You know, so for you then to start bitching and moaning about after it, it's like, what what made you think it was going to be any different? What made you think they're going to treat you any differently from anyone else? Um, not saying that's good or anything, but stop going into it looking so naive when when you know there's a good chance that you're not going to get what you want out of it.
3: Oh, but everybody thinks they're going to be the one that breaks through the glass ceiling. Oh, yes.
1: They're <laughs> going to be the one. And they're going to do it their way, the way they want to do it. Uh, my name is John Moxley and I'm going to come to WWE and I'm going to wrestle death matches. What? <laughs>
4: Oh, John, just give it a rest. Renee Young must look at her phone and say, ah, shit, here we go again.
1: I'm saying. <laughs> Last word, Clive. Last word, my brother.
4: So I did have to step away there, so I didn't hear much of what was said. But if it was me, and I finally got the chance to go to WWE, I would see that as, right, I've done my hard work in the NDs. I'm going to take it easy, keep fit, and I'm going to play Uno with the New Day, and I'll be <laughs> a happy camper.
1: Up up down down, baby. That's the goal. Yeah. Some FIFA. Yo, so, man. Creed so for G four. Creed for G four, which is only gonna be bad for the new day because Creed ain't gonna wrestle no more. Which means that Biggie for champion.
3: Listen, listen. You don't get a PhD in nothing without being smart enough to realize that when you rupture your Achilles, it's time to start looking for Plan B. Yeah.
1: Oh no. Uh, you know how the you know how the how the street property said they want all the smoke, mm-hmm. right? Creed wants all the bags. He wants all the money. He wants every bits of it.
3: Oh yeah,
4: Kyle. Did oh, yeah. you know that they um, they do a Dungeons and Dragons on up, up, down, down? Yeah. Oh 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 yes yes okay.
1: You you and the dungeon the dungeon master is a uh, Freddie Prince.
4: That's, That's correct. Cool. Cool.
1: Um, I right. before we get out of here, any last hot takes you guys wanna hit or are you we good?
4: Um, uh, I
1: don't think. Uh, is there any go
4: ahead? It's not a hot take, it's just remember Dexter Loomis is watching.
1: If the, if I see that motherfucker's like head pop up in your video from behind you, oh, I'm
4: oh. I'm how done. Good, how good was that tweet from Roderick Strong's Twitter account? <laughs> Just a picture of Dexter Loomis' face.
1: Yep. Poor oh, Roddy. So, is Dexter Loomis to Roddy as Bray Wyatt was to Xavier? <laughs> <laughs>
4: Poor
3: Roddy. you um, shouldn't be that scared. <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> come oh, come on.
4: Cry on, Kyle. Yeah,
1: right. La- last should Last... Last topic, and we're out because I, I want to ask you this. So I forgot to ask you this. Just give me a just give me a yes or no and a quick answer. Undisputed error. When they, inevitably, when they inevitably, inevitably turn face, should they do it now for the story, or should they wait till they have fans?
4: Uh, I question them turning face. So uh
1: they got to eventually, right? They've been healed for like four years. They got to eventually.
4: But that's so good. And they're
1: too loved.
2: Well, let's let's just say they do. Let's say they are going to turn face. I don't think they will. Can you drag it out to the point where you can get fans in there? That's I, cool. think, I mean, I don't know what the situation is over there, but you know, like I
1: can't imagine there's going to be fans anytime soon. You can you can keep them being like smug bastards. That's like their character. No, I
2: think. Well, I think. Everything that's happened during COVID-19, like, moments, as Rance would say, they've just seemed less significant. Like, Drew winning the title at WrestleMania was huge for us over here. We all loved it. But you needed a the crowd there as well.
1: Yeah.
2: I, th- I think there's certain things that you just need the crowd there for that specific moment.
1: Although Drew talking into the camera... And saying everybody who's there, you with me, like that, that was oh,
2: yeah, like see yeah, some, that was some, of the things, some of the things you pick up and you can hear them talking and stuff, like that's great. But as Kyle mentioned earlier on, like we need the fans back, like you know, like <clears throat> spots and moments and matches just don't seem as big without the fans. I
3: mean, I'm okay with them not turning face, especially if it allows me to get Adam Cole beating the dog shit out of Pat McAfee.
4: Because,
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm here for that.
1: Clever.
4: I was going to say the same thing as Kyle.
3: <laughs> I mean, that's a what?
4: Aye, but like, it's great. I,
1: well,
2: I don't know how people think that was.
1: Yeah. Because, because, look, I like Pat McAfee, but he is a dick.
4: So. i know but see on the the see you've got the watch alongs that the jobbers and stuff do on the the network or the youtube like you've got the watch alongs of a pay-per-view and you've got the nxt guys and um, rosenberg and sam Roberts. sorry watching the shows well pat there's another video of pat and adam going at each other and that it's
1: Oh no, they got they got beef. Like every time they're in the same room, they have beef.
4: This is a this is a long game. This one, this will be take over thirty five uh, main event. What
2: would be the purpose of it if Pat McAfee's not
1: going to take a bump? No, Pat McAfee's been training. How long can he? And him? and look, he's a punter. It's cool, I get that, but he's, he's in great cool. shape. He
2: he 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 for a punter, he. Like, I don't think he shied away from contact too much, though.
1: No, he's yoked. He's him. He's one of the few punters that that. Like, actually, can get it. Like, he really, like, he's an athlete. He's not just a guy that kicks. He's an actual athlete.
3: I mean, um, I know the storyline would not present Adam Cole as the face in that scenario, but for me, Adam <laughs> Cole is definitely the face in that scenario because Pat McAfee, yeah, you- douche bro, and a half.
1: Daniel Bryan in WrestleMania 30 type face. <laughs> Daniel
3: Bryan was the face. He was out here talking about protect the planet and we supposed to hate him for that?
1: Oh, I was talking about WrestleMania 30, but no. Okay, if that's the case then. The Miz was right. The Miz Bryan right. Was, the um, was right. Ryan was always the heel. That's right. <laughs> uh, Rick Clive, thank you for coming on. We appreciate you guys. Yep. Um I know it's late down.
4: Find you. Hmm?
1: So yep. tell
3: the listeners where they can find you. Get your plugs out.
1: Clive. Actually hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I wanna see Ricky do the plugs. Go ahead, sir. I don't even know what I want. Let me go get one plug.
4: <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to just see while you do that? Can I plug another couple of things? Uh no, worry. Whatever you, this is your time. Um I forgot to say it on my own show, but in the next few days, members of Lords of Wrestling slash Lords of Pain have been doing a fantasy draft for the last few weeks. Lots of eligible wrestlers. We finally have our own individual rosters. And the last few days, I've been compiling bills to a pay-per-view a fantasy. It's like e in basically. So I'll put something on their Twitter, and it'll be a link to a massive... And I'm, I'm at like 3,800 words, and I'm not finished yet. Dang. I know. Uh, this is dissertation stuff, so please do me a solid and just read it, like or pretend you read it, repeat <laughs> it or something. Just give them the click. Give them the click. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> my Google Docs is shouting at me saying, "Stop using me." So have a read and enjoy my book- enjoy my fantasy booking.
1: His Google Docs is screaming screaming like, leave me alone, but yet me and him have a column coming very soon. So, (laughs) look out for that.
4: You got the dates, Ricky?
2: Yes, so you can find us on Twitter. We are Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, and the Twitter handle is at Ricky and Clive. Is it? I love how he had to look that up. Your, your, Your show, our show,
3: You can find their show on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give a shout-out to Josh and Jeremy because Rance and I still love y'all, even if Ricky and Clive forget where they're at. Yeah,
4: it was Ricky's floor tonight. Um, I get get grief for doing shit plunks, but that was...
2: (laughs) I was promoting our show, not the network.
1: Sorry, Jeremy. (laughs) We... We we are the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. We are at uh Ricky and Clive. Like bro, come on! <laughs> shout out shout out to the other shows on Social Suplex. Shout out to uh, One Nation Radio, Rich and James. Shout out to Get in the Ring. Um, shout out to Floyd. That's Floyd's show, right? Get in the ring. No, Floyd. Floyd's All
3: Things Elite.
1: All Things Elite. Shout out to Floyd. All Things Elite. Shout out to uh, Men Watch this shit. Uh, James, Jeremy, and um, James. Yeah. Games. um and they got Shit. another show don't you
3: today well we didn't shout i mean i said shout out to josh and jeremy but like show- oh, yeah, they're yeah, yeah.
1: strong style yeah we gave them a personal shout out uh but shout out to everybody over there um and um, shout out to manscaped where you can shave your balls in your head and get good stuff if you go 20 percent off if you use the promo code social Suplex. Hey,
4: Listen, can we just roll this back so I can record you doing ear plugs, and I'll just play <laughs> the next week? Hey, back. thank you.
1: I I got commercials for Mag's show. Yeah, we can we do, do that.
3: Yeah, yeah, we do commercials for other shows all the time. Um, you can find us though, y'all, as you know, on the Chairshot Radio. We are part of the Chairshot Media Network. Where you
1: always use your dick head. head.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, there's a head there too. <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at Doctor S'mores. You can find my good brother Rance on Twitter at.
1: It's Ray Cash. Black Lives Matter. By the way, the show's at Outsiders Edge CS. I'll, at the guy that owns at Outsiders Edge, I will get you the Manscaped shit so you can shave your balls. Give me the Twitter handle.
4: It must be a guy like, guy. we find Rance. It must be.
1: <laughs> what else do I got? You know what? You know what? If you give us a Twitter handle, I promise you Kyle will say a nice thing about Dominic. That's
3: a big promise that I am not prepared to co sign. <laughs> I'll think about it.
1: <laughs> uh, um, before we go, any you, last words, guys? Do You mean to do it?
2: Just get one follower?
1: Yes, one follower and hasn't tweeted since 2012. Give me the handle bastards oh my goodness uh, and you know who the fuck he tweeted up <laughs> Hulk Hogan <laughs> yes oh I know this very well because I've reported him like 17 times What want the handle <laughs> oh okay I uh, want yeah. the
3: handle because y'all you know we're just some increasingly older men doing what we can out here to try to make it through this corona filled world And sometimes we're going to say some controversial things like, John Moxley is not world title material. And sometimes we're going to, you know, fuck up or lose our train of thought or just, you know, have some fire takes. But no matter what, y'all, we're out here chasing our dreams. And you got to respect that. Because, like, if you don't, well, we just don't give up.
1: Fuck. All together now. Fuckem. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll catch y'all next time. <laughs>